today. We are now in our eighth message of the Uncharted series. Eight. I can't believe that. It seems like we just started it like a couple of weeks ago. And uh, for those who have not been here, we are studying the book of Joshua. Some people have said, are we going to go all the way through it? Probably not, but we're going to get as far as we feel like it, all right? Uh, we're we're going to definitely go for the next several weeks. Um, so we are now in that eighth message on this, and, and I want to give a shout out to the Height family in Corinth, Mississippi. Uh, we were just with them this week, spent some time with them, and they were all quoting my messages back to me. <laughs> just telling me all kind of stuff, and I'm like, I've heard that before. Like, yeah, you said that like four weeks ago. So all of you that listen by podcast, we thank you for listening, and we want you to uh, give us a shout-out. Send us an email or, or put it on social media. Let us know that you're, you're listening. And I want to thank our un- unbelievable tech team back there for all they do to make this possible for these folks to hear. Come on, everybody. Give them a great big hand. Awesome. Our scripture text for this series has been Joshua 3 and 4 that just says you have not passed this way before, hence the name Uncharted. And we're believing that God is leading us into some territory that we've never stepped into as a church and that you are stepping into new stuff as an individual as well. And I believe the book of Joshua really helps us walk through that. Last weekend, we read the fact that God gave them direction and instruction and he had them walking around Jericho for six days. And you remember the armies marching in silence, priests are blowing the horns, carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, I want you to march around the town one time and then head back to camp. And this is what goes on for six days. There are some points that we brought out, and I want to hit them really quick, recap, before we dive into our next uh, portion of this. Number one, God gives Joshua the promise, and then he gives him the plan. Don't get those out of, out of whack, all right? A lot of times we're looking for the plan, and God's given us a promise. Focus on the promise, and then God will give you a plan. God is a strategist, all right? He is. He will give you a plan. You may not like it, but he will give you a plan. The next thing we talked about is keep walking even when it doesn't seem to be working. Keep walking even when you don't see anything moving. Keep being faithful. The third thing we said is be faithful to and focus on your next step. Now, if you're taking notes right now, you don't have to. You can go back and listen to the podcast, all right? I'm just recapping last week because I'm going really fast. It may be hard for you to take notes. Focus Be faithful to and focus on your next step. I want to say something. Don't let the journey discourage you. Just take the next step. Don't look way out there and go, how in the world are we ever going to do that? Just focus on what God wants you to do right here, right now. And I'm going to tell you, God... Never lets, because Chris and I have prayed to have an authentic ministry, and we really try to be authentic. And I'm going to tell you, that's tough, because God never lets me preach something He doesn't make me live, either before or after, all right? Sometimes I'll feel it coming on, and I'm like, what is going on? And then I'll realize when I'm preaching, okay, that's what I was walking through. Sometimes He lets, He slips up on me. He lets me preach it, and then He goes, okay, now this week you're going to walk this out. And I can tell you, as a family uh, and as pastors, we've had to really focus on this right here this week, being faithful to and focusing on what God said do next. 
How many else have been living this? Next, stay in your day. Don't try to do something on day six that is supposed to happen on day seven. Don't be looking ahead saying, man, I just wish I could, I'm ready to walk, I'm ready to march around that thing and blow horns and shout. No, I just want you to walk around at one time and go back. This is, I feel like pausing on this for just a moment. I don't always recap this much, but I felt led to, to do this for a couple of people today. I don't know who you are, but I want to encourage you, don't miss the moment that you're in. It is so easy to be focused on where you want to go and what you want to do that you miss the moment that God has you in right now. I love the song we sang last week that, about God being the God of every moment. So he is God when the walls fall, but he's also God when you're just taking the next step. How many of you parents with older kids can say that you wish you had enjoyed the moments just a little bit more? Young parents, listen to me. I know you want to get them out of diapers, okay? And I know you want to get them driving, all right? I know you're trying to... Come on, baby, just slow down. Enjoy them poopy diapers for a little bit, all right? Just savor that smell in, you know? Because it's other smells that you're going to be hating later on when they're teenagers, all right? So I want to encourage you to do that. Focus. Let me, let me just say this. You ever noticed that Chris and I have been married for 24 years, and some days it feels like we just got married, and other days it feels like 24 years, you know, or 48 years, whatever it is. Those of you who have been married will know it seems like you've been married that long, right? But with kids, it just blows by. You know why? How many would like me to share some wisdom with you? Rest of you all go good? No, we got it. We don't need anything. Here's why. Because babies are different humans every few months. So a baby then suddenly as a toddler, completely different human than that. And so it happens in segments. And so those segments come by so fast. So you're like, ah, and then they're graduating. Ah, baby, kind of change your diaper again. You know, that's where it is. So I want to encourage you today, don't miss the moment because he's the God of every single moment. So those of you that are single and wanting to be married, don't miss the moment you're in right now. Read what Paul said about that. Those of you that don't have children and you are desperate for children, be faithful right where you are, okay? Those of you that want to do that next thing and make that next promotion and climb up and get that other house, and that's awesome to have dreams, but don't miss the moment that you're in. One of the greatest lessons that one of my mentors told me when we planted the church is he said this, John and Kristen, be careful that you're not looking for the people you want as you lean over the people that God has already sent you. It's so easy to do that, that you're looking for what you want and you're missing all this beauty that God has right here for you. Next, we said stick to the plan. God's plans don't look like our plans. Can I hear an amen? You know why, right? Because he's seen our plans, and they're terrible, all right? That's why. But God's plans are unbelievable. They're awesome. They're incredible. They're perfect. They work out. And the last thing we said is remember that there's a purpose in the plan. There's a reason for your season. That was good. (laughs) I'll amen myself. Amen. You heard the devil is in the details? Mm-mm, God's in the details. 
He's right in the middle of it. And there's a purpose for everything that's going on. Anybody needed to hear that just then? Let me take it another step. We may just stay in the recap this today, all right? Let me just take it another step for you, okay? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there is a season for every purpose under heaven. Now, for many years, I quoted that wrong. I would always quote, there's a purpose for every season. It doesn't say that. It says there is a season for every purpose, which means God has a purpose for your life and that he is so dedicated to it happening that he will devote an entire season to it. Because he wants something to be fulfilled in that time in your life that he will say, I'm going to take a block out of time and I'm going to devote an entire season to that purpose being fulfilled in your life. So those of you that are walking through a season right now that you do not like, right? I hate this place. It's okay to say that sometimes. You don't have to say, oh, this, everything is great. No, this is terrible and I'm upset that I'm in this season. The way you make it through that is no, there's a purpose that is so powerful that God is willing to devote an entire season to it. Look at your neighbor and say, you didn't amen, but that was still good right there. Amen? I'm messing with you. I love all of our non-amanners too, okay? I want, I, really, I want you to know that because y'all are the note takers. <laughs> That's y'all. All right. Let's move on. You ready? So six days of nothing. Nothing. Not a brick moves. No dirt moves. Nothing. Just marching around silently, blowing trumpet. Carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Nothing. Walk around, head back home. Same thing the next day. The only thing that's happening in these six days are two words, and I want you to write them down. Maybe you should tattoo them on yourself. Faith and obedience. That's what's happening in these six days. Faith and obedience. Matter of fact, the entire story of Joshua is built on those two words. Faith and obedience. Matter of fact, the entire story of your relationship with God is based on those two words, faith and obedience. Faith, and I know we have all these connotations of what we think faith is. Let me, let me break it down in the Ragsdale for you, okay? Faith is simply believing what God said. That's what faith is. I believe it. He said it. I believe it. And sometimes your faith looks a lot more like trust, but that's what it's all about. I believe it. Faith is believing what God said. But I don't really know. Hello, faith. But I'm scared, faith. But sometimes I doubt. Still, that's okay, faith. Faith is I believe what God said in his word. I believe what God said over me. I believe that God placed in me destiny that he wants me to live out according to his purpose. I believe. So faith is simply believing what God said. Obedience is simply putting into action what you believe. It is just that simple. I, be, I hear and faith comes by hearing and so I hear it and I believe it. I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing. I believe so much that I'm going to do something about it. 
I'm going to keep being faithful to what God has called me to do. And this is how you keep marching during those six days of silence. Anybody there? That should have been the title of this message, Six Days of Silence. Here's how you keep marching during those six days of silence. I believe. And so I'll obey. Oh, okay, I believe. I'll be obedient. Faith works. Faith works. Faith works. That's how it works. Faith and works is how faith works, right? Write that down. I'll use that 11 too. That was good. We want to we make it complicated, and that's what religion does. It complicates what God is wanting to get to us. We're the reason. We're the reason that people don't believe in God. You know that, right? We're the reason that people don't embrace Christianity. We're the ones that mess it up and put rules and regulations, and you got to do this and do that and be that way and take that on, and we're the ones that do that. Jesus said it's really simple, just really simple. Love God, love others. Believe and do it. It's just simple, man. Say it with me. Say it's simple, which makes it so hard. Sometimes I think if we feel like we can overcomplicate it, then that means it's impossible for us to do. I can never do that. That's too hard. That's why he says, look, I've already taken care of it for you. And even the works we do have already been completed in him because he said it is finished. Work is done. It is D-U-N, done, all right? That's what he said, S-I-E-A-D, said, okay? I want you to get that, faith and obedience. Because the six days can be tough. The six days can be a test, right? The six days is trying. But I got good news for you today. Seven is coming. Now see, if I was, if I was back in my daddy's church right there, in Mississippi, you know, and I said that right there, oh, church would have been over right there, just done. Gone. Y'all know nothing about that. You know Ann, don't you? Look at your neighbor and say, seven's coming. Woo! Say, completion's coming. Say, new beginnings are coming. Come on now, come on. This is what you've been waiting on the whole series, I can tell you. Right here, everybody's been waiting on this. When day seven comes. How many of y'all have already read ahead? You got ahead, you're like, I got to know where we're going. And at like three, you were like, can we get to seven, please? Can somebody please tell the man to get to seven? Now, seven's been waiting right here, but it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Verse 15 of Joshua, bring it right up here. Joshua 6, verse 15. And on the seventh day, everybody say the seventh day. The Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had before. Look at me. It started just like any other day. Listen to what I'm going to tell you right now. This day, day seven, started just like day two. And I want you to write this down. Days of destiny do not always announce themselves. 
the day that it happens, most of the time you're going to wake up and have no idea that today's the day it's going to happen. And that's why you got to be faithful every single day. Be instant, in season and out of season. Stay awake. Be alert. Be ready. One of my mentors used to say this, the door of destiny swings on small hinges. And I'll add this, and it very rarely creaks. I think when we think of a door of destiny, we think of click, 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 click. Those of you listening by audio, I'm now opening a big door right now. We've got to get video for this chart. How many of you, when you think of your destiny open up, that's kind of how you see it? Day of destiny, let's go. No, it's probably going to wake up and your coffee's not going to be strong enough. And you're going to get in a tiff, you know, a little upset. Traffic's going to be bad. And then all of a sudden, that'll be the day that you step into the next season of your life. Day seven starts just like day six. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. And I'll just say this. When you don't know what to do, just do what you've done. The Bible says Jesus went to the temple as was his custom. It was a custom for him to go to church. And he was God's son. If there's anybody that could have skipped out, you know what I mean? He was the word. I think he knew it, all right? But it was his custom to go to church, go to the synagogue. And as it was his custom, he just kept doing what he was supposed to do. And then suddenly there was that day that everything opened up for him. They marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. Remember, six days, march in silence, carrying the Ark of the Covenant, march around one time. And when you're done, here's the town. When you're done, let's go home. All right? Go back to camp. So here they come, day seven. Here we go, marching in silence, priests blowing the trumpets, carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, let's go home. And at this point, Joshua said, hold up. We ain't going home this time. Keep marching. What? I thought, but we, no, I know what I said before, but now God says something different. On day seven, we're going to keep marching today is different write it down day seven is different than day six last week we made a statement don't try to do something in day six that is supposed to happen in day seven but today i want to say also don't keep doing what you did on day six when day seven rolls around just because it was a method that worked in your life then doesn't mean it's going to be a method that's going to work in your life in this new season. Remember we talked several weeks ago, the fact that the brazen serpent that was raised up that provided healing for them years later became an idol that they were worshiping? Why? How does that happen? When you allow yourself to keep doing what you did as you move into a new season. Old methods don't work in a new day. Or I'll say it this way, a new season calls for new strategies. And God will speak those to you. Raise your hand if you don't like change. 
All right, raise your hand if it's like you don't hate it, but it makes you uncomfortable. All right? That's going to be tough as you move to a new season because God's going to give you new strategies. He's going to begin to say to you, I know this is how your marriage worked in this season, but now huh, things have changed a little bit. You got more kids, you've gotten older, you're going to need to strategize in your business, in your relationship with your children. How many of you parents will agree with me that you can't parent them as teenagers the way you parented them as toddlers, amen? And how many will say you can't parent one child the way you parented the other child? How many of you have been messed up because one of your parents parented you the way they tried to parent another child? Raise your hand. If you're sitting by your parent, go ahead and raise your hand. That's all right. They need to know it. Day seven calls for new season, new strategies. Day seven requires a little bit more. You mean we got to march around this again? Yeah. And again? Yeah. And again? Yeah. And again? Yeah. Seven times. Day seven requires a little more lean in. You got to lean in on it. A little more sweat. A little more energy. Now, this, remember, this is what we're waiting on, right? But it is amazing to me the people that, as a pastor in, in over 30 years of ministry, it's amazing to me the people that, right when you get to the day, this is when it's going to happen, y'all, right here. You can feel it. Momentum and people are getting excited about it, and that's when people start going, "I do know I was exhausted." No. Don't get tired now. This is the day. Look at your neighbor and say, "Why would you quit now?" Keep walking. Come on, keep walking. Keep being faithful. Keep marching. Keep being obedient. And the seventh time around, verse 16, and the seventh time around as the priest sounded the long blast on their horns. Now, last week we talked to you about the fact that the shofar had different blasts. There were actually four different blasts that was used on a shofar, which is a ram's horn. Uh, they're, they're used for celebration, repentance, used to call to war, for triumph, for victory. Well, the blast that was used here, uh, the one that was used on six days, we're not really sure. We, we think that it was the one that I told you about last week. But we're sure about this blast right here. And I want you to bring up the name of it because I, you know, I'm from Mississippi and we don't learn a lot of Hebrew there, okay? Can y'all, on the count of three, I want you to say that name, okay? One, two, three. I didn't hear any, so y'all didn't say it right. I can tell you right now, okay? <laughs> Takiyah Gadala, I think, something like that, all right? But it is a, a, a note, one long note that is extended for as long as somebody can hold it. And it is used for thanking God for His mercy. It's used in thanking God for His goodness. And it's used in thanking God for His redemption. So I want you to march around seven times. And then on that seventh time, the priest, instead of going, the priests are going to give this one blast. And we have it for you. I want you to hear. Make sure that's up really loud. I want you to hear what this sounds like.
Come on, y'all. Can you feel that? Keep it up. I like it. Yeah, come on. Can you imagine that? All right, that's good. That's that note. It's also called the Jubilee note. The Jubilee note. Now, those of you that have been with us for a while, you know that uh, a while ago I preached on Jubilee and the year of Jubilee and what that means. And the year of Jubilee is all about seven. It's the seventh year. And then every seventh seven year, when that 50th, 49th and 50 would roll around, man, that's when God got really crazy with his people, you know. The year of Jubilee, there are several things that happen in the year of Jubilee. First of all, it's a year of blessing. It's a year where your crops are so powerful that you can take a break. You can just take a break. You don't even have to harvest them. You don't even have to work the land because it's just going to be a year of blessing. How many are ready for that kind of year? Amen. It's also a year of freedom. It's a year where slaves were set free. Done. You're gone. You're out. And remember, Israel has been marching for 40 years in the wilderness. You talk about a, a people that needed some jubilee. All right? They need, this, they need some jubilee in their life. They need, they need to know, man, it's going to be a year of favor and blessing. And remember what he said. You're going to come into a land with houses you didn't build and cities you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant. That's jubilee. But then finally, the year of jubilee was a year where property was given to its rightful owner. Now, I want you to hear what I'm going to say. And i got a lot more, but we're not going to get into everything today. But I want you to hear this is important. you got to remember, so the year of jubilee meant this. If, if, you, if you just, Jared, if you just worked as hard as you could, you were a hard worker, but you fell on hard times, you know, and you, you fell on hard times, and, you, and, the, and, the, and the, you're, the guy that loaned you the, the money to get the land, he came back and he said, right, I'm, Jared, i got to take the land back from you, okay? I'm taking the land. i got to repossess it. All right, that's what we're going to do. Well, he could do that until year seven rolled around. And then when year seven rolled around, he had to give it back to you. Your debt was completely paid, given back to you. Anybody here ever lost property? You ever lost territory? Anybody ever lost something in your life that you wish you wouldn't have lost? That you feel like was rightfully yours? God had promised it to you, and yet it's been taken from you, Right? I'm believing that we're coming into a time in the body of Christ where we're getting ready to see things that we thought we had but have been lost. I've been praying this lately, God. I'm ready for us to be more than just a church here on Sunday morning. But I'm ready to see us start taking over the arts and over education. And I'm ready to start seeing us in government. I'm ready to see influence happening in our city. You want to change a city, that's how you do it right there. Man. Amen. The stuff that we feel like we've lost, it's not even ours anymore. We start believing that in a year of jubilee, now here's what I want you to, I want you to hear this. That jubilee note, as celebratory as it feels, that requires a lot of faith. You know why? Because you're believing that you're about to inherit territory that God has for you. It's going to be a year of blessing. And you're believing that what is rightfully yours is going to be given to you. But you're looking at Jericho's walls and people living in that city. Oh, 
Keep holding it. Keep holding it. Nothing's happening. Hold the note. Kenny G, can you hold the note? If you do not know who Kenny G is, just bow your head right now. Are you getting this? Now, next week we're probably going to talk about the celebration part. But this week I want you to understand, it takes faith to blow that jubilee note. It takes faith to shout before the walls fall. How do you do that? you got to believe that God promised you that that's yours. And it doesn't matter what it looks like on this side of the wall. You have to believe that God's promises are yes and amen. Does that speak to anybody right where you are right now? I want to pray for you.